Hello listeners and welcome to a live edition of the Plus Dave podcast. We are, of course, as you well know, the Tottenham Hotspur theme show that's brought to you by a team of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. And it's live! Oh no, I had, I had to. I couldn't resist. Joining me this week are two men who have been here since the very beginning of the Plus Dave podcast, a full 100 episodes ago. They are Elio and Dave. Guys, welcome. 100 episodes insanity we've just watched the man united game we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about the man city game coming up and everything else elio welcome how are you doing i think like every other spurs fan that final few minutes was the difference between life being good and life being <laughs> awful so pretty good it could have been much better though couldn't it and we'll get on to that dave did you enjoy that even though you didn't see one of your favorite sites in football man united getting beaten at old trafford yeah i i did enjoy it but at the same time you know man united not winning at old trafford is also quite satisfactory as well and and also i couldn't get over how quiet it was by the end i mean to be honest quite a majority of yeah. the second half which is great the famous you know, I, love, I love their pain i love their pain <laughs> I feed up. I feed off it. I want more of it. I love I'm it. I'm not just saying this, but for a few points in that game, I genuinely thought there was a problem with the sound on my TV. I thought the crowd were <laughs> so silent. And, you know, I'm not going to say that we've got the loudest support in the league or anything like that. And I know they've got their reason to be quiet at the moment, but it was, yeah, it was quite shameful. And then suddenly you hear our fans mm. cheering and you're like, oh, there are people in the stadium. I mean, if you've just traveled 200 miles to watch your team get dominated at home, you're probably not going to feel like cheering. That took me a second. I was like, weren't they at home? Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And that's the short trip. That is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, 2-2 with Man United at Old Trafford. We're going to get into that. Just to reiterate, we don't have socks with us today, unfortunately, which is a nice double-edged sword because we are losing his excellent contribution, but it does mean that we get twice as much Elio as usual. So uh, he is obviously delighted about that, needless to say. But we're going to do our best to provide a professional and cohesive podcast. We are letting you behind the curtain here. What you may not be aware, those of you who happen to be listening, who normally listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, uh, this is not normally a particularly well-polished product behind the scenes. We edit it heavily. <laughs> so we're doing our very best to, to not only keep it professional and sharp, but also watch our content. And we're going to try not to get cancelled looking at you, Elio. Uh, we're going to try and keep the language clean, but we will warn you from now that in all likelihood, there will be several swear words very shortly. So if you are easily offended and or a child, please um, watch on at your own discretion. Elio, let's talk about the game, shall we? Because if you're a child that's not easily offended, uh, you know. Oh yeah, if you're, if you're a normal child, that's uh, <laughs> fine with swear words. It, I always find it funny that people warn, warn teenagers off swearing and, you know, it has to be 18 plus because, you know, what, what 12 year olds don't walk around swearing to each other in the playground. But anyway, moving on. Um, Elio, I was going to say, Old Trafford, we've had some horror shows there in the past. We've had some really bad experiences. It looked like for the briefest of seconds, we were going to have another one when Rasmus Hoyland decided to uh, suddenly turn into Cristiano Ronaldo within three minutes of this game. What were your thoughts at that moment? Well, it's typical. Yeah. We get our full defence back. We're having a far better season than Manchester United. So, of course, their striker who can't hit a barn door scores <laughs> within three minutes. And it, yeah. It's the most Spurs start to a game possible. So... Yeah, fearing the worst, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm I'm very glad that the players and the manager are far more composed these days than I am because <laughs> I was just reliving all the Manchester United traumas over the years in, in that moment. It didn't happen. We move on. 
When stuff like that happens, do you just have this kind of PTSD flashback with Pedro Mendes and Mark Clattenburg just pop into your head? Does it all just trigger the bad memories over the years? My living room becomes like a scene from Full Metal Jackets. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a habit of doing this, haven't we? Because I made a joke about him turning into Cristiano Ronaldo. We turned Cristiano Ronaldo into Cristiano Ronaldo not that long ago when, of course, he was uh, safe to say long past his best, not having his best season. He comes and plays us and scores a hat-trick. And we, we threatened to do that with Mark. Marcus Rashford as well. Both goals came from players that have been struggling this season, which is not ideal. Dave, do you think Man United were lucky to come away with a point today? If I take off my I hate Man United hat, which is very difficult to take off. I know how hard that is. It's really tough. But if I was to put my my neutral hat on, or even my slightly Spurs sympathising hat on, because I did cheer for you when you scored. I I must admit that. It's one of the few times I've ever cheered for anybody (laughs) who isn't Leeds scoring a goal. It's taken 100 episodes, but Dave is officially a Spurs fan now. It's happened. That's not not the case. You're one of us. That's not the case. (laughs) You scoring in general, meh. You scoring against Man United Old Trafford, Mm. sure, sure. I'll do a little fist bump. Um, But... (laughs) To answer your question, I don't I don't think you guys did enough in the final third to really win the game and and be genuinely feel like you've been robbed. I think you were yeah. really good, really good. Like some of the pattern player to get out of tight spaces at the back was awesome. And, you know, you even have a Neville purring about it on the Sky commentary. Uh, it was really good. But when it came to the edge of the area, it just felt like it wasn't decisions weren't the right ones uh, and and I think that probably the majority of that probably goes on to Johnson Brennan Johnson I think I think he seemed to pick the wrong choice a few times a couple of crosses they just wildly overhit and so frustrating I think one of them was it in the uh, second half of the first half I think it was and Richarlison was just begging for him to cross it it was on the run it was it was a real opportunity and if he'd have got that right that was that was a goal Richarlison would have scored that um, yeah. but it just didn't yeah. happen it was, it was and it was a few of those instances where that kept happening and, and for that reason I think you know Man United always felt like they were part of the game and in the game and yeah your yeah. maybe lack of cutting edge at the end obviously the Man United defensive end meant that you were not necessarily definitely should have won but Man United probably deserved a point oh felt dirty when I said it mm. I don't know if I would agree with that, Dave. What I will say is, sadly, I do agree when it comes to Johnson. And I know we sat here defending him last week, and I still want to defend him. And I think no one should be writing the kid off. No one should be being too harsh on him. He's obviously showing some good signs, but there were a few too many times today where I feel like he wasted good possession by just not really looking up, just overhitting it. But let's hope that something's happening behind the scenes there. Um, But the wider problem, as you alluded to there, is definitely the fact that there is that magic spark missing from our midfield connecting to the attack. Okay, we scored two goals, great. But on another day, if one of Lo Celso, uh, obviously Madison or Kulisevsky is in there somewhere, I think this was Sock's exact point in our group chat, so he might not be here today, but at least he's contributing. Um, We would have seen a different story and we would have he said we would have been comfortable. Elio, when you saw that midfield lineup, I know there were rumours of Kudasevsky missing it. Were you a bit worried? Yeah, absolutely. Both in terms of in possession and out of possession. And I think that came to be. Mm. Um, though it wasn't dreadful by any means. No. But I think the feeling we've come away is they did well for that combination of midfield rather than they did well in terms of what we've come to expect from our team this season. I thought that it didn't help that we had two of our three forwards in front of them also not really at it. Werner, it's 
his first start for us. He's obviously not going to be tearing it up just yet. He's not had the best sort of spell of his career so far. So that contributes as well because a lot of the time you think that the forwards make the midfield look good and the midfield makes the forwards look good. So when it's a bit of a clunky midfield and a bit of an outsourced forward, it doesn't help. Johnson on the other side, as you've just sort of talked about, massively playing in it in his own head, bit indecisive yeah. and trying too hard as far as I'm concerned. He just reminds me of Richarlison 10 games ago, uh, it, if anything. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think that helps the midfield. I think even our sort of full-strength midfield would have had to produce a bit of extra magic to get more of a tune out of the attack. But at the same mm. time, I know it sounds like I just bash him relentlessly and he actually didn't play badly, but Hoybier, I thought, <laughs> really, really showed why he hasn't been playing yeah. for us a lot of the time because in possession there's that slowing down of the play there's that reluctance to take responsibility and a fear of losing the ball so not actually going for it and then out of possession he just gets played around so easily so yeah. those counter-attacks that we conceded and the goals man united score i think don't happen with either Saar or Kulusevski in the midfields in his place, or LaSalle or Madison, obviously, either. I think I think there's just a gaping hole with him there, even though he didn't particularly do anything wrong. By contrast, though, Skip, I thought, did all right. Had a lot of nice moments, grew into the game really well. And actually, as we got better, he got better as well. And I felt that we sort of surrendered a bit of our momentum and control when he came out. So yep. it's not all bad from the midfield today by by any stretch. Yeah, I think Hoiberg was probably the weakest almost by default because Bensenko was fairly good and Skip was fairly good as well. I don't think he was terrible. It wasn't a case of thinking, oh, he let the whole team down. It just, like you say, that's his level now. Um, that's just what we expect from him in this setup and doesn't really suit him. Um, I thought Bensenko was pretty good. It's, it's almost it's almost back to the chips, mash and jacket, isn't it? Except it's probably a bit harsh on Bensenko to include him. He's a slightly sexier brand of potato. He's almost like a, a loaded potato skin or like, you know, a crinkle cut fry or something. You know, he's, he's a slightly better version of, of those things. But it is he's still... He's a kettle chip. Yeah, he's yeah, a maybe. salt and vinegar kettle Possibly, chip. yeah. I'll, I'll go with that. I'm sure he'd be delighted. Not a sweet potato fry, though, because that is not an upgrade. Anybody who thinks you should pay an extra pound no. for that is wrong. More expensive. Yeah. So would that be like Tongi and Dombele, who looks like an upgrade and is more expensive, but in fact is actually just paying a load of money for nothing? That's exactly He's what he is. If, if he hasn't already there eaten him, then he is the sweet was... potato fry. <laughs> He's the hamburger. There is on the no side. reason to mention Andombele on a Spurs I apologize. podcast. I apologise. And we can't even edit it out because it's live, but never mind. We'll just have to move swiftly on. Um, midfield was very mismatched. Not quite our first strength midfield we've talked about. Defence was, uh, on paper, our best defence. But, of course, a couple of guys coming back from injury. What do you guys think of the returning centre-back pairing of Van Der Ven and Romero today? Bit of rust on Van Der Ven. Mm, I thought so. Probably didn't completely trust his hamstrings a couple of times. Dominant in the air, which was lovely to see. Is there any news on him, by the way? Sorry to interrupt, because he looks he went oh, off injured, didn't he? Is he's he okay? fine. He interviewed okay. afterwards. Good, good. He said it was just he said it was just yeah. cramped, so he's absolutely fine. Yeah. Uh it was just precautionary, maybe even a bit of a time waste. <laughs> uh the cynic in us may suggest. Yeah. Uh, but I thought a bit of rust and Van de Ven, but overall can't complain. There was one moment in the second half when he tried to overplay it. And oh, when Bentonco saved um, him. Not using my best language. Bentonco saved a few of them today. Mm. He saved Poro a couple of times as well. But Romero, Romero, I thought was excellent. Yeah. I thought the way he nipped attacks in the bud, the way he brought the ball out of defense, some of the passes, 
it was like having a defensive midfielder and a defender on the pitch at the same time. He was being yeah. superb. And especially when you've got Poro, who, let's be honest, both goals came down his side as well. There's probably a reason for that. Um, yeah. When you've got Poro, who's far more of an attacking player by your side, you have to do a lot of work. And Romero did that work really, really well. Um, yeah, yeah. He stays fit. We're going places. I mean, Poro's been fantastic this season. Let's let's not be about it. He's been very, very good. And not just on the ball. He's actually been quite good defensively. But this, I had slight flashbacks to early season where we were a bit undecided. And our the general consensus seemed to be this Poro guy is great going forward, but he's a bit worrying on the defensive side. But I, I think it's probably a bit harsh to say that the goals were completely his fault or that he was completely caught out because he actually did quite well. I don't think they were well. his fault as such. He invited the opportunities. But he does tuck in a lot. He gets, yeah, he gets drawn to the ball, which leaves space on his side. Whereas yeah. Udogi on the other side, I mean, Donacho is going to be pulling Udogi's lint out of his hair for the next month he was on his pocket so much. I'm, I'm waiting for the, the Grand Theft Auto memes, you know, with the guy holding the dog leash by the chain of Udogi holding Garnacho by the leash because he absolutely dominated him today. And so much so, I think they threw him on the other side. Interesting you should say that because because I, I noted that down. I thought that was a, I mean, you know, maybe this is a Spurs fan's perspective versus a non-Spurs fan's perspective, but I oh, thought that was just I'm a really good battle. I thought bit, that was maybe. a great battle. I yeah. thought, I just thought that was enjoyable yeah. to watch. I didn't think it was, at no point did I think that Udogi had him in his pocket I think Garnacho looked like probably the most dangerous person on the pitch for Manchester United. But Udogi played yeah. really well and you had to use yeah. all of his strength, all of his speed um, to be able to stay on top against against him. So I, actually, despite yeah. the fact that he has a horrifically punchable face, Garnacho <laughs> I thought was really good and really effective. And, it, and Udogi <laughs> had to work really hard to make sure that he stayed relatively on the peripherals of the game. So, so yeah. I can't believe you're showing me up and embarrassing me on live Sorry, TV, man. Dave. I, I had to call that one out. <laughs> but but seriously, you know so what? punchable, so punchable face. I mentioned, I put it on the on the WhatsApp. Do, do Manchester United have like a f- specific filter on Scout for punchable face so that they can find Dave, these players like right. Fernandez? Punchable face, Garnacha. Mm. Punchable face. Oh, yeah. I mean, Martinez. Oh, Martinez. Oh, yeah. They've all got the same yeah. face. Punchable face and haircut combination. General. I mean, Anthony tops it off. I mean, An- Anthony. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure I should Stop pick talking this about podcast him. to start talking about players having punchable faces, given that for some people this may be the first time they're seeing my actual face. But anyway, I do agree <laughs> with you, Dave. And I think there are some horrible, horrible-looking rats. I think it's appropriate they've been taken over by a guy called Ratcliffe, um, given some of the, their faces. But but I also agree with you begrudgingly that yeah Udogi didn't absolutely dominate Garnacho he's a good player he's in good form and it was a good great challenge I think Udogi did he did well it was a how was it uh, Peter Drury described it a right old ding dong or something like that which made me laugh that was good um anyway classic Drury think of that particular battle did you enjoy um did you enjoy Udogi and Garnacho's ding dong on that side I think it was the most interesting part of what wasn't a brilliant spectacle Hmm. I still don't think I mean Garnacho may have played well but he didn't create yeah. one thing from that side. So even yeah. if he played well, if your winger doesn't create anything, he's been dominated by the fullback. There you go. Rashford looked more dangerous begrudgingly and a player that I don't really think has had a great season. I don't know how much of that was down to him stepping up and how much was just a little bit of good fortune with some of the deflections and the ricochets in the box falling to him. Our high line I, works for him as well, don't forget. Yeah, it does, especially when like, he's on the side. He's a very fast, very athletic, very mobile player. So yeah. it, when we push that high up and their game is to counter-attack and his marker tends to spend most of his time by their corner flag, 
he's mm. going to have the run of things. And thankfully, Romero is a world-class centre-back. Or yeah. most days he's a world-class centre-back. <laughs> most days, yeah, when he stays on the pitch for 90 minutes. Um, I do think that there was an element of fortune in both of those goals. And I hate saying this, especially the soon after the game, because I can't help but come across as just the classic bitter fan. <laughs> you know, I don't want to take anything away from... For one thing, the, the finish by Hoyland was outstanding. I mean, take nothing away from him for that. He absolutely leathered it into the top corner. Can't complain. But I think, you know, at this point, Rashford was cutting in. Horro was maybe beaten, but Udogi actually came in and made a really good challenge. And it was really unlucky that it just happened to dribble onto to Hoyland. And I think it, something similar happened with Rashford's goal as well. So um, I'm hoping Dave will step in and back me up and say, yeah, you're right. Man United were really jammy. They didn't deserve either of those goals. Am I going to have such pleasure, Dave? No, I don't think so. I, I, I think... Um, no, you're not giving me that. No, I, I think they... Uh, you're not giving anything away today, Dave. I'm not. I'm being mean, aren't I? Sorry. Hmm. Thank God there wasn't a thunder bastard for him to contest. Oh, no. I, I think you're, well, I, you and Gary Neville are both overcompensating against your hate. To be fair, Hoyland's and Bentangor's, you know, were hit with the amount Very of anger goals, yeah? that I would that I yeah. would classify as, you know, the thunder bastard level of anger. But they I think were. both too close, to be honest, to be really considered as as TBs. So, <laughs> so yeah, I. Uh, but I do think yeah. um, I think too much space was given to both Hoiberg and to and to Rashford. To be honest, I mean, you know, they both were allowed to yeah. take well Hoiberg. Hoiberg. Sorry, Hoyland. Uh, several <laughs> touches uh, before before he before he slammed that into the goal, and I think Rashford had at least two yeah. touches before he put it in as well. So I I, I just think they're probably given a little bit too much space in the box uh, than Postecoglou would have preferred. But yeah, yeah. Maybe a little bit lucky. The first one was probably maybe a little bit lucky, but yeah. You know you're bitter when you start just looking for any excuse on a goal that's just a perfectly good goal. I, I was convinced that Rashford's goal fans took right. off Van de Ven. Yeah, it's, yeah, you almost have to just let people sit with it for a minute and then give them the opportunity to watch it back and come to the realisation themselves that they were actually wrong. I was sat there thinking, that definitely took a deflection off Van de Ven. There's no <laughs> way Marcus Rashford is that accurate. That's an own goal. I'm not letting him have that. And then I watched it back. It's, it's a bit like whenever Romero gets sent off and I think, oh, there's an agenda against him. But actually, he's, um, he's probably just a maniac and I have to accept that. Um, but he did have a very good game today. Speaking of players who had a good game today, we saw a debut from Timo Werner. We talked a lot about him last week. I thought he was not spectacular by any means, but as far as debuts go, coming into a new system, Elio, what did you think of Timo? I think he was fine. I got yeah. a bit frustrated with a couple of silly shots, but yeah. there was that kind of will to try and make... Yeah. A mark. He had a very good chance, which he dragged wide, similar to Richarlison's on his left recently as well. Which mm. another day, a more confident player that that hits the back of the net. But and again, he did well to make that space. He did well to get into the position to take that shot as well. He so did. Yeah, there. yeah. He did, and the pass from Skip was sensational. Yes. By the way, uh, first time volley. Lovely but pass. I thought, I thought Werner did all right. Ultimately. He's not had a great season so far. He's not had a great 18 months. So this was never going to be, well, this is very unlikely to be either his best or just anything close to what we'd hope for from Son on that side in today's game. And if if that was Son on that side, he definitely scores at least one goal, I reckon. Yeah. He definitely got more confident as the game wore on, as his legs warmed up a bit. And even though Benton Cole was sort of shouting for it and telling him where to put it, he still weighted his pass into Benton Cole. It It looks like an easy pass. It's not an easy pass. It's under pressure on yeah. your debut for your new club. 
in the depths of the match when you're losing 2-1. So he waited it really nicely into Pentancourt's path to be able to just take it on and score a really, really good goal. Good link-up play, very hard work as well, like both directions, up and down, up and down, great yeah. pressing, great tracking. So no downsides, but if he's going to progress, then we'll need that to be a debut performance and not the standards, mm-hmm. which, touch wood, that will be the case. There's no reason for it not to be if Postacoglu can do with him what he's done with. Well, look at Richarlison. That is a confident man right now. Well, yeah. I mean, if that's the floor of his performances, then I've got to be pretty happy. I I feel like it was more or less exactly what I expected from him. I think he did everything very well except shooting, which is what we knew. We already knew that. And if he's going to be playing on the left-hand side, obviously it'd be lovely if he can chip in with the odd goal or two. But I feel like if we've got Son in the middle and him on the left... I think that could be quite exciting. I think. I don't know if they'd be the other way around or how that's going be to play. You're doing Richarlison as a service. <laughs> well, at the moment, six, he has six, to be in the team. Mate. I mean, he is the informed striker in the league, and we'll talk about him as well. And uh, he was probably an outside shot at man of the match himself, even without the, the lovely little header from the corner. But no, he, he looked good. I think Werner, it's a good start. Interesting to see where he fits in and what happens when Son comes back as well. I did, I did feel for him, though, when he had that shot. I, I think it was he cut it onto his right foot as he does about 25 yards out and absolutely levered it into Rose's head. I just thought, oh, please, please don't get in your head. I hope this isn't like, that's the reason going to ruin the game. Because you know, Richarlison's had a few games like that where he's done something like that and then the rest of the game is just not in it. But he bounced back. So let's talk about Richarlison then. He's a man in form, another goal. Is it six and six? You just said, yeah. Mm. He's a man transformed. And he's not just a goal scorer either. He had a really good all-round performance. What did you make of him? He was our best player, in my opinion, and I include Benson Core in that. Maybe because I judge Benson Core by, well, I think he's our best player. I've been saying it since before it was cool to say he's our best player. So I. It's the hipster's choice. I think Richarlison was. Well, what what did he do wrong? Nothing. He scored a really great header. The look he gave to the Nets before actually. He wasn't watching the ball, he was watching the Nets as, Mm. as he leapt up and looking at where he wanted the ball to go. The glance was absolutely perfectly timed. It was like sort of rolling back the years someone like Alan Gilzean it was it was perfect and then his overall play the defensive work he did the amount of times he nipped in in our own half before releasing it forward and then charging the full length of the pitch to keep up with play the first time passes into the flanks Mm. this is what confidence does for a footballer he's gone from looking like well Gabriel Agbonlahor to looking like a top class centre forward. I love that you called that back. I love the shots at Agbonlahor. Agbonlahor wishes he would ever have a vein of form like this. Yeah, never give me reason to hold the grudge. No, 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 exactly. That won't be the last time you mention him either. Um, throw Callum Wilson in there as well. I think everything I just said about Werner in terms of we knew what we'd get from him, he does everything well except scoring. I think that has been true of Richarlison for a lot of games this season, but now he's added the scoring. So it is just that. You're just thinking, what else, what else do we need from him? And um, we're going to have a bit of a dilemma as to how we fit our, our players in when everyone's back and fit. Did you know that we had 13 corners in that game? That's got to be a record in recent times, isn't it? I mean, it we doesn't surprise so me. so many corners. I mean, it felt like you game. had 13 corners every 20 minutes, to be honest. It was it was almost incessant. I, I actually thought it was less. I actually thought it was going to be more than that yeah. when I, I just looked it up because I, I kind of, I was just thinking we had so many corners. And that's and that's Elio's metric, don't forget. That is the Elio metric. It is. That's why I bring it up. Elio's a big fan of that. Forget about field tilt, possession, XG, all of that stuff. It's, it's all about corners. And um, we, we won 13 to 8 on that one. 
would have been nice to score more than one of them, but we'll take it. I was tempted to say throw on the big Romanian at the back and see what he can do. Uh, we didn't really get to see too much of Dragushin, unfortunately, because uh, by the time he came on, the game was pretty much over. But I did enjoy that he came on to defend a set piece and pretty much the minute he walked onto the pitch, started shouting orders at his new teammates at the age of, what is he, 21 or something? I, I, I quite like that. quite like that. Um, Dave, anyone stand out for you on the Spurs side in particular? Anyone worth singling out? discussion good or bad well i mean, I mean we, we just talked about corners and, and i've got to say mm. it, it's it's pedro porro again because i think um yes every single one of those corners i, I think if i i, I missed a, i missed some uh, maybe two or three of they them because i was bouncing around the house but every single one of them are great like dangerous corners like you know that he never never hit the first mm. man which i think is Quite frankly, unforgivable. I think everybody, every, everybody takes a corner who, who hits the first man and he gets cleared should be docked five percent of their wages straight away. Like it's it, that is your job. That is your job. Um, not to go all Roy Keane, but <laughs> every corner was dangerous. And I actually thought when they took um, Johnny Evans off, I think I mentioned it in the chat. I thought that was a really dangerous thing for them to do because they were taking Evans, who's basically the one that was winning the most of the headers, defensive headers from those um, Poro corners off and then yeah, bringing on, was... you know, three foot four Lissandra Martinez. So, you know, that, that, that could have been, that could have been pretty dangerous, but, um, but mm. it didn't, it didn't uh, prove to be particularly bad for them. So never mind next time, hopefully. I've just spotted and apologies. I'm not sure when this came through. We've got a message from one, one of our viewers uh, slash listeners, Sam Salinas, who says, uh, Romero pulling the strings today. Um, I should take this opportunity to say, if you are watching, you might have noticed already, you can send in messages to us. Try and be nice to us. Don't abuse us too much. But if you have any questions or any points to, to chuck in, then um, feel free to send them down below uh, if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and speaking of Romero, he knew he's got to go himself back to the corners. He had, a, he had a header that crashed off the crossbar. How many goals has Romero scored this season? Is it three? He's not doing too bad. There are some strikers out there that would, would kill for that kind of goal tally. He's probably got more than Gabriel Jesus, I imagine, isn't he? Average Gabriel Ogbonlahor season. <laughs> yes, standard, standard Ogbonlahor season. Um, so into, into halftime, we're 2-1 down. And then that stat comes up saying Man United have never lost a game at Old Trafford in the Premier League since they've been, since they've been up at halftime. And I must admit, normally when that kind of stat comes up, I'm like, oh, well, that's that then, obviously. But... I actually, on the basis of the first half, I was sat there thinking, this is ours to throw away. We can still come back and win this. Elio, were you similarly confident at half time that this was our game? We could come back into it. Yeah, because we were easily the best. Yeah. You know, I, I, it wasn't even close. Yeah. And the, the shots, the chances created, the possession showed that. Um, I think United had two shots on target and they both went in. So, yeah, absolutely no logical worries about what the second half would look like the illogical it's all Trafford and we're spurs obviously mm. crept in here we go again but yeah when but did that kick in though well what point did you start to not to a worry different era of spurs when did you get nervous Actually, 70 minutes 18? i almost didn't have time to oh <laughs> pro- probably that final sort of five six minutes when yeah they had a little bit of pressure up yeah. at our end. A couple of when, free kicks. A couple of free kicks went yeah. their way. That when when there was a free kick given uh, against Poro for leaning oh. uh, on whoever it was. Like I, they I had think the that, cheek to check it for a penalty I mean, as well. It's all yeah, Drew, Drew was were... getting excited about that. You could tell in the commentary. Drew was like, <laughs> yeah. and it was pretty oh, close to the. No, no, he's been oh. checked. It's not. Penalty. I mean, Ferguson was in the stands, but, but no, I yeah, he was, <laughs> um, but. But no, I, I just 
I think because of Postacoglu and because of the players we have and the maturity beyond their years they actually show in the majority of their performances, not yeah. Chelsea, uh, I, I just felt confident that we'd pull it back and we, we really did super quickly. What, what yeah. I would say is in football, the momentum of a game very rarely reverses dramatically and the momentum was all of us all first half and it was all of us second half yeah yeah there weren't any changes at half time we, we left it quite late to actually make some changes which was um slightly unusual would you have liked to have seen a couple oh, of subs i know i know but just for the sake of what, trying what something else I mean, do you think Ange just thought we're on top with a better team and we don't have any real game changers on the bench we don't have a kevin de bruyne to bring on at 70 minutes to score and set a goal up like it's nothing exactly i mean yeah. Our most experienced players on the bench were Dragushin, who's just signed, mm. and Brian Hill, who's on the square root of Nafal for three years now. So, yeah, fair enough. Did you get the sense that we were accepting the draw at a certain point? I know we made a fairly defensive substitution. Yes. I think we brought off, was it Skip for Dragushin? If I remember correctly. Yeah, I thought that was Postacoglu saying, Postacoglu saying, Let's yeah. not push our luck today. Mm. This is a difficult game. This is a game we lost last season and the season before. Yeah. Point is a good point. I, I think that's exactly what he was doing. And Manchester United have definitely improved in the last few games compared to what they were for sort of the first half of the season, basically. Yeah. So I I don't think our competitors are all going to avoid defeat at Old Trafford. Yeah. I, I really don't. I think we dominated them because we're actually a really, really good side. Yeah. And had we had that creative spark in there today, then it would have told. Mm. I think our competitors will almost certainly drop points uh, when they play Manchester United in the second half of the season. Fair enough. Not all of them, obviously. I mean, City will murder everyone. Hopefully not us, but everyone else. Uh, but no, not us. I, I, I definitely see Manchester United picking off a couple of our rivals at some point, even though they're not that good. It's still Old Trafford. It's still a hard yeah. match. I was going to say, how do you feel about that when you see us taking our foot off the gas a little bit and easing down and trying to play for the draw? Because I don't think I've ever asked you in any football match, in any circumstance, would you take a draw? And your answer has been yes. You always say, no, I want to go for the win. We've got to go in this to try and get three points. Does it annoy you a little bit? Or do you think, looking at it from Andrew's point of view, sometimes you've got to be a little bit sensible? This may, this may be the most humble thing this may be the most humble thing I ever say about any Spurs manager. By the fact I that you've just said that, completely negates what you're about to say, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Ange has uh, the right to not be questioned by me. <laughs> Somehow, Elio, none of that sounded humble to me. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we have the same definition, but. I take your point, nonetheless. Um, Elio, Elio gracefully concedes to a Premier League football manager. Fine. <laughs> I'll admit it. Yeah, until we lose. And then suddenly, Elio's no, opinion reigns supreme once again. What I say again. is that I, I, did, I did actually say at sort of, I think it was probably 80th onwards, I did actually say I'd rather we won this game. Obviously, I'd rather, but... I'm happy if the ref blows his whistle now and it's two all. I, I was fairly content with that. So if me as a fan is feeling that way, if me as someone who only cares about seeing my team win all the time thinks that way, then yeah, yeah the manager probably played it right. <laughs> 
I suppose. No I, gritted teeth, I promise. I suppose our manager knows what he's doing, I guess, if no. I have to admit it. So graceful. Dave, do you think Spurs fans do you think Spurs fans should be happy with that result or contented with that result? Is this a game where we should have gone on and, and finished it off? Or do you think we should just say, it's Old Trafford, they've got a half-decent team, we should be happy with what we got, didn't lose. Yeah. Half I, I, I think, team I missing think against probably, most of their first team. Yeah, I think Bob, probably bigger picture, yes. Yeah. You know, ultimately, you know, you've gone to you've gone to a begrudgingly said competitor for that, you know, top five yeah. spot and you haven't lost. You haven't you haven't they haven't gained any ground on you. What are you eight points clear of them now? Still? That's a lot. Oh, they're beneath my notice. Something exactly. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're languished in mid table. And what's that? That's four points, isn't it? From Manchester United this season. You take that every yeah, season. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You take that every season. I don't know the last time we didn't lose to them in a whole season. Did we? Well, I've still got the FA Cup oh, wow. when you beat City and they beat oh, Eastley. Yeah, of oh, course. I'd love it if they lost oh, to Eastley. Yeah, of course. I, to be honest, I, I did, when, when you were mentioning the performance of Man United and, and how they've done at home, I did just look back on their results this season. I'm shocked that Ten Hag is still employed by Manchester United. <laughs> their, their results are abysmal. I was like, oh, who have they played at? Man- who have they played at Fortress Old Trafford so far this season? Right, okay. Uh, yeah, they- Manchester United nil, Crystal Palace won. Manchester United won, Brighton and Hove Albion three in September. Oh, Manchester United hey, nil, stop, Man City stop. three. Oh my goodness. Manchester United two, Galatasaray I'd accepted, three. I'd accepted the draw as a good result, but you're ruining they beat, everything. They beat Luton one nil. Well done. And they lost three nil home to Newcastle in the, uh, in the League Cup, which is great. And uh, and they beat Aston Villa, so yeah, way two wins. Well, they suck. They're still eight points behind you us. You should have beaten they're them. They're still eight they points suck. behind us. So <laughs> I forget forget everything I just said. They're <laughs> rubbish. You should have got six points. You should have got seven points against them in these two games. <laughs> they are terrible. And finally, he arrives at the point. Well done, Dave. Thanks Why do we that. keep letting him on? I don't know. I don't know. But the sad thing is, I agree with him. I actually, I, I actually am quite disappointed. Like, don't get me wrong. On another day, we lose that game with that midfield playing. We definitely could have lost. And, you know, Man United have been a bogey team. and They've given us trouble in the past. But I can't help feeling that we missed an opportunity there to get three points. I, I don't know. I know we didn't have that many chances and there wasn't that killer instinct, but it's just really annoying, even when you factor in the fact that half our team was missing. But the good news is it looks like people are coming back. Van der Ven isn't injured again, which is great news. Romero's back. Madison may well be back in the next coming couple of weeks, uh, if rumours are to be believed. So we're, we're approaching, if not a full-strength team, a very competitive team, which is good timing because... Our next game is against Man City, who, um, despite how, I, how much I'd like to joke about them being an automatic win and an easy buy into the next round of the FA Cup, uh, sadly, they are rather good and, like us, have some key players returning, not least one Mr. Kevin De Bruyne, who um, seems to have picked up right where he left off. Should we talk about the uh, the City game? Should we get into FA Cup, which is our next picture? Can I just say one more thing, which is a reason to hate yeah. Manchester United even more? So I've just, <laughs> I've just, do, seen, I've yeah. just seen this on please Twitter, do. right? And it was, a, it was a pre-game tweet from at Man United. Old Trafford, we're back. Make sure you prepare for our first home game of 2024. The ultimate match day checklist. One, match day programme. Okay, fair, fair enough. That's what you get when um, you go yeah. to a game. Cool. Yeah. Two, game-specific NFTs. Don't forget your game-specific NFT, oh, guys. That's, that's essential. Games, games are essential. And three, yeah. buy match day shirt. Regardless of whether you've bought a shirt before with us, we don't yeah. care. We yeah. just want your money. Buy us another shirt. We are a... 
<laughs> effing business. We are not a football club. And then last one. Even if you show Nick, up with this season shirt, buy another one. Just, just get buy, another, just one. Buy another one. That's not a match day shirt though, because you didn't get it on the match day. So you've got to get a match day shirt because we need more money because we're a horrible, toxic waste of space. <laughs> Lastly, make United predictions, which is left unchecked. So I'm assuming they were going to, probably going to lose this one. Uh, but yeah, another reason to hate them because they're an absolute business crap hole. Yep, that is fair. Before we move on to talking about the City game, I would just like to add that we have now scored in 33 consecutive league games, which is a club record for us. And I think the fourth highest streak of consecutive league games scored in by any Premier League club ever. So we're a trophy. That's not the cabinet, Dave. Uh, let's move on to the City Take game, it. shall we? We've got a question from, <laughs> from Socrates. So he is here after all. Who is asked? I'm assuming it's the same Socrates. It, it, could, it could be another one, but I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that it is our socks. Uh, who says, assuming Madison and Kulu are back, what is your team versus City? Elio, I'll let you take this one. So same defence as today, obviously. My answer is going to be so predictable. Benson Core at six, Lusevsky and Madison in front of him as the eight slash ten pivots, mm. and then the same front line, assuming Son is still away, which I believe he will be. So yeah, same front three and Kulusevsky and Madison in for Skip and Hoybier. Out of interest, if Saar was available, and I don't know if there's any chance he would be, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the group stage takes them beyond that anyway, so it's not even an issue. But just for argument's sake, would you would you put Saar in that midfield, or would you still prefer to see that more aggressive, more attacking setup? I think right now I would, because with Son away and Johnson off form, yeah. I'd put Kulisevsky into the even front Even against three. Man City? I mean, to be fair, he's, yeah. he's very good at holding on to the ball, so yeah, that does make sense. It's not just what he does in terms of possession. It's the fact that he's everywhere. And as Sox has mentioned a few times, I think now that we don't really have anyone else that can do that. I think fully fit squads, there will be times when my sort of dream midfield three will happen. But I think there'll be probably more times when it doesn't because Saar has made himself really valuable to how we play. And as much as I'd love us to say pure kamikaze football at all times. Yeah. Postacoglu has a bit more about him than me. So just a bit. So <laughs> we're back to that I think legendary humility again. He'll he'll look at the fact that our midfields have been bossing games. We've mm. been creating chances. We've been cutting teams to pieces with the security of having Asar in there as well. Who, by the way, contributes a ton to our attack anyway, oh, yeah. and yeah. seems uh, more than capable of chipping in on the goal side. So he'll be looking at that and thinking there is no reason to throw caution to the wind to that extent, can always change it up off the bench. And this is why we yeah. have a squad, and we do at long last have a really, really deep squad in terms of quality. So let's use it. Let's not try yeah. and sort of cram all the good players, all the big names into the same lineup at the same time. Let's actually think about who complements who and and build a unit. In in the same as any workplace, like you have a team of five people, Dave, you manage a whole bunch of people. You want people's skill sets to complement each other. You don't want the same person to do the same thing over and over, right? Dave is a very important high level executive. <laughs> I'm, such a, I'm such big business. CEO Dave. Compared to us. <laughs> Hey, I manage a, uh, a leading Tottenham Hotspur podcast. Okay, that's hard work. 
That's the hardest job of everyone. On for dear life. Keeping me, you, you, keeping me is. and Elio in check Try is the hardest job that any of us have. to keep an eye on it <laughs> and keep you guys talking, keep keeping you guys going and uh, moving the conversation along. I've tried three times to talk about Man City. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Who manages me? I almost, yeah. <laughs> this is like Messi picking the Barcelona team. Um, oh my God, I was compared Elio to Messi. I feel dirty. I'm going to have to shower after this. I, um, <laughs> you don't. I feel like Saar escapes the potato tag. You know, he's not one of the chips mash jacket combination. I, I think he's not a potato. I think he's he's a slightly more exciting brand of um, of dinner accompaniment. He, he's got more to him. So I, I he is him the in. relish. Maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe. He's a mac, he's, he's he's not a mac and cheese. He brings out the flavour in all the others. Mac and he's, cheese side. He's not the steak like Madison or, or Kulisevsky, but he's, um, he's somewhere in between. So, yeah, Man City, are we remotely confident? And if so, is it purely because of our track record against them? We're confident because we're a really good team. We're a really good team at home to a better team. <laughs> Dave doesn't look convinced. Um, I'm not convinced by your question it's the FA Cup it's a one-off game it's magical it's magical it's a magic of the cup and uh, and you're really good stop being this little negative Nancy you're really good. I wasn't You'll really be negative at all. I was fine. I, th- I think I think I, I think you've got better than better than half a chance. I agree. I think we have a great chance, even if we don't have Son. Man City fans are going to be rubbing their hands together seeing Son missing from the lineup, though. But <laughs> you've got plenty of decent players. I think, um, as you guys said, a solid debut for Werner. I think you'll see more from him. I think the more he gets used to the way that Ange wants to play, I think he'll be a real asset for you guys in the second yeah. half of the season. Uh, I would. Yeah, I'd be shocked if you didn't buy if you didn't buy him for what, what was reported. What was it, seventeen Some million kind of steel euros? Like that. That's yeah, nothing. I'd be I'd be very very surprised if if he doesn't make himself you know a, yeah. a must buy uh, at that price. And yeah, I think I think you know you've got what what is it? It's about it's ten days, isn't it? Until oh, twelve days mm. until until that game. Plenty yeah. of time for everybody to get rest. Plenty of time for everybody to you know get some more practice in the training pitch. I think you guys will be fine. The only the only danger, obviously, is that De Bruyne will be hundred yeah. percent and most likely starting that game, and uh, and that uh, that proves bad for the opposition because he's really good and and he's got longer hair. It looks a little bit more like my hair now, which quite frankly, he's got to the same barber as Grealish, hasn't he? Um, it was the most predictable thing ever that he was going to come on and win them that game, wasn't it? I I was just sat there watching it. Well, well, he came on and it, do, do you know when he came on? He came on and it was a free yeah, kick. On the edge everyone, of the box. I was like, everyone if he the scores. Same thing. Yeah. With his first touch. But the thing is, I think most people watching, myself included, were thinking, I bet he does as well. I bet he just smashes the sim. But but it didn't take him much longer to, um, put it to get him. in and score. The other thing is Haaland is reportedly injured for a lot longer than we initially thought, much to my disgust as an FPL owner. He won't be him. fit for us. He's yeah. out till so, the end of January. Uh, so we're not going to have to deal with him at least. I don't know. Who knows? I'm not, I'm not going to sit here for a second and say... Man City are a one-trick pony. I think they've got plenty of ways to go against us. What will be interesting, though, and I don't want to suggest that the only way we can beat City is by Mourinhoing them, because you know I think, as Elio rightly says, we are a good team. We play good football. It's not just going to be sitting deep and countering, and that's not our style anyway. But I think where we are going to do damage to them will be in those transitions where we're we're breaking a pace and trying to to catch them off guard. And it's going to be really interesting to see with the likes of Werner and Johnson now with that pace that we've got on the team, how that's going to look against them. So I'm excited about it. I don't know about you. I, I do think because it's on the Friday night, though, I think that means uh, that that adds a little bit of extra magic to the magic, if you know what I mean. I think, I feel like, and, and this might be me absolutely putting the kiss of death in it, but 
you rarely see crap Friday night games. There's always they're always pretty good. You know, night games under the lights on a Friday night. They're always pretty good. We have a lot of them at Leeds on uh, in the mm. Championship because that's the, like the prime time slot for. Premier League busting yeah. figures for Sky Sports, and um, they're always great. They're always great. There's always there always seems to be a great atmosphere, and if there's a great atmosphere, all these games are great, Dave, aren't they? Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, if there's a great atmosphere at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, um, have you guys got a sponsor for your stadium yet? No, no, I still have a grabs. Any suggestions? No, no. Pornhub still not not <laughs> the not coming up. Stadium. <laughs> no, to my knowledge, to Just my knowledge, no, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not uh, no legs in that. <laughs> no, I think okay. the word is these days that we've basically decided Tottenham Hotspur Stadium as a brand with all the even non-football shenanigans that goes on there is actually worth more commercially than the bids that we're likely to attract. So it's going to take something stupid to to get us a naming rights, uh, a naming of the stadium, which I'm perfectly happy with, to tell you the truth. I'd much rather just be the Tottenham Hotspur yeah. Stadium. The Beyonce Stadium. <laughs> that, that's another another suggestion. I think the problem is that whatever it's called, whether it's Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or something else, people are going to keep calling it White Hart Lane anyway, or just the lane. I think that's just what people have carried on saying anyway. So it almost doesn't matter unless somebody wants to pay us an obscene amount of money for the privilege and we spend it all on players. That being said... We are, in any case, spending a fair chunk on players, and rumour has it that it's not finished. Uh, obviously, we got a, a very quick glimpse of Dragushin today. Um, didn't really get to see what he's about, but that's been confirmed since our last our last podcast. And of course, there's been a little bit of drama by Munich tried to steal in and um, and strike another blow to us, but we got the last laugh because now they have to play Eric Dyer. No, that's cruel. I don't mean that. <laughs> Eric Dyer's going to do very well there. But we have signed Dragashin despite the shock of his agent. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but Dragashin's agent basically came out after we'd signed him saying, I have no idea why he's picked Spurs. I want him to go to Bayern. Oh, well, he'll be at Real Madrid in a couple of years anyway, so I'll, I'll have the last laugh. I, I already do not like him very much at all. That's probably some kind of new record with one of our good players being linked to Real Madrid before he's even had a game for us. Yeah, he's making lots of friends. He, lots he of certainly friends is, in North yeah. London. Um, but that's good. And there still persist rumours about Conor Gallagher. I don't know if, Elio, you've heard anything concrete or if there's any reason to believe that that's likely. I think there was talk of Chelsea having to balance books for FFP and maybe having to sell him, even if they didn't necessarily want to. If we don't sign... A midfielder, are you happy with our squad now, given the business that we've done? I mean, take everybody back from African Cup of Nations, injuries, yep. suspensions, whatever. You've got Basuma, Benton Court, Saar, Madison, Lacelso, Hoybier, Skip, Donnelly, Kulusevsky, yep. eight players, three spots. Yep. We, we, we've got enough. I think the club would probably like to bring in someone who can compete with and push Saar for what he does a little bit more than anyone in the squad currently can. Like, like we've already said, it does look like that's that slight mm -hmm. area of thinness, but it's not something we need to just throw money at this January. This is, this is the first six months of this project. We're not solving all our problems in the first couple of windows. So if nothing happens, we've got a really, really good squad. We, we shouldn't complain and summer will come along and we'll probably do more. However, if we did sign someone like Gallagher, in fact, specifically, if we signed Gallagher, how lovely would it be to take Chelsea's best player, homegrown with all his career ahead of them, current captain away from them and just 
laugh at them just Finish a little bit. I don't even care if them. he never kicks a ball for us. I would just love to laugh at that horrible little club in West London. I bet you do. Yeah, and don't we all? And don't we all? That would be nice, wouldn't it? And how the tables would have turned if we were taking players off of Chelsea and finishing miles ahead of them. That would be lovely. So I'm just looking at the table now. We are currently in fifth place. We're, we're level on points of Arsenal, who are playing Crystal Palace. Villa dropped points today. Unfortunately, uh, Man City came very close to losing against Newcastle, but as we've already discussed, they pulled ahead. Um, Andrews asked a question before the Man United game. He was directly asked, and I hope Sox is still listening, whether we are in a title race, whether Tottenham are in a title race. And his response, <laughs> uh, I think this is paraphrased, but uh, I'll pick out a few points. He said, by definition, we are, aren't we? So yes, we are. Uh, I've said all along that until the point where you're not, why would you discount the possibility? We've gone through a really tough period and we're hanging in there. We had four games when results went against us, but we've clawed our way back. We're still in there. Our performances, for the most part, have been pretty consistent. But all that is meaningless if we don't finish the season stronger than the first half of the season. And that's what we've got to do. So... And Postacoglu thinks that we are in a title race and we have a shot at going for the league title. What goes through your mind when you hear this, Elio? Does it change anything for you when you hear the manager talking in those terms? I mean, Harry Redknapp used to say this is the best Spurs fans I've ever had it, which really sullied things considering he's old enough to remember when it really was the best <laughs> Spurs have ever had it. They get started on Conte. Yeah. Conte made every excuse under the sun. Conte called people club signings. Every single manager we've had in our living memory has made excuses as to why they can't achieve. Postacoglu is doing the exact opposite. He's saying, I believe in these guys. I believe in myself. And I would much rather aim for that. And if it doesn't happen, Mm. go again next time than just accept less. So it's wonderful to hear it's wonderful to actually hear a manager say yep this is our plan this is what we want as opposed to just say oh i don't have all the players i want or oh i've had loads of injuries or blaming var or saying uh or complaining to the fa or pgmol about my player being kicked a few times like he's actually just saying we're here for one thing and one thing only if it doesn't happen buck stops with me and we go again yeah, exactly. It's such that. a stark contrast. I mean, it's a contrast in pretty much every way imaginable, but just the fact that like Conte, like Mourinho, okay, very different career paths, but he's won everywhere he's been. He is a serial winner. I, I feel like that term has been weaponized since the days of our last few managers, but he is. He's won pretty much everywhere he's gone. He's done very well. But he's he's still sitting there saying, there's no reason why I shouldn't be aiming for the best with this club. And it's weird because it's not like a club at our level isn't going into every game thinking we want to try and win this and we'll be disappointed with anything less than three points. But for some reason, hearing him talk in those terms, hearing him talk about saying like, we're aiming for the top, we'll get as close as we can to it. It just changes my mentality. It makes me a little bit more excited, which it doesn't stand to reason. It doesn't make any sense. But for some reason, it just, uh, if I think the manager believes that I, I, I feel like that goes through to the players and the players are sitting there thinking, you know what, Man City are there, Arsenal are there. We're not getting carried away, but who says we can't? Um, Dave, <laughs> do you say we can't are Arsenal in a title race well if Arsenal are in a title race then so are exactly. we which is I and, think and, pretty and much think, exactly what Andrew said and I think the, the Arsenal fans would jump on everybody if they mm. if you claim that they weren't in a title race and it's already gone so yeah. so by definition you are yeah I, I couldn't I couldn't That's... agree with Mr Postacoglu's theory more yeah you're up there there's a, there's a clear top five Anybody who's outside the top five, I would say, is not in a top in a title race. But you are in the top five, so you are in the just, title race. 
yeah, there is a, there's a six point gap between us and, and next, which is West Ham, and then Man United under there, and then let's not talk about where Chelsea are because they're way way down. But yeah, I think uh, it's a good point that he says we need to come back stronger for the second half of the season. And given the amount of games that we had big players missing and suspensions and stuff like that, and the fact that the second half of the season should be a bigger upturn in form for us than it is for other teams, given that we've had to learn how to play together, it certainly stands to reason to me that we could have a better second half of the season. But Football is not played on paper, as a wise man has said many times. It's worth so, adding as well. It's worth adding as, as well, Dave, that, you know, of those five in the top five, you are the only ones that are not in European competition. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure the Villa and Liverpool are not going to be overly mm. stretched by the games that they're going to be having, but they're still games. There's yeah. still 90 minutes where they've all got to run around. Yeah. Uh, City and, and Arsenal, obviously, in, in, in the Champions League knockout stages, and they're going to be tiring and hard. Exactly. You guys, put yeah, your feet yeah. up and watch them. The good news is that, I mean, I hate the fact that the City game's on Friday. It's just thoughtless to supporters, yeah. the away fans especially, uh, in this instance. And unlike Manchester United, Manchester City fans actually do live in Manchester. Mm. So thoughtless to them having to come and make that journey on a Friday night. Thoughtless to us getting a second Friday night FA Cup game in a row. So just all really a big piece of shit. But, I think, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> yeah. first swear word. Um, I would apologise, but, but I think we've done quite well by our standards. The fact that it's on Friday, at the very least, gives us that extra day to maybe even extra two days who knows when Brentford's FA Cup game is going to be it gives us the extra time to prepare for Brentford be well rested for Brentford and that's that can only be a good thing having slightly fresher legs against quite an aggressive quite a physical team so yeah I it's a long way away I'm not really thinking about it but we're at home to Brentford's we're hopefully going to have uh, Madison back. We'll almost yeah. definitely have Kulis Hefsky back. The future's back. bright, isn't it? The future's bright. I wouldn't go into this with anything other than confidence. Yeah. One game at a time, lads, okay? One game at a time. Let's see how it goes. But the future definitely looks interesting. And Postacoglu certainly seems to think that we're not playing for a spot in the top four. We're we're in here to play with the big boys. And um, I'm inclined to agree with him. It's a long way to go but to the Brentford mm. game, but they are in a bad yeah. way. And there's the Dave He's kiss the of death. <laughs> Ivan Tony Hattrick coming in to top off his accumulator. I don't, I don't, I don't see him being a Brentford player as well, to be honest. No, there, is also, there is also that, yeah, apparently there's a 100 million price tag on him. So um, I don't know <laughs> who's going to step up, but there are plenty of teams in this league that love throwing a whole load of money at players. So let's see, who knows. All right, guys, I think we're, we're getting towards the end of this live special. Um, I feel like we've, we've gone about it quite unceremoniously. I've almost, almost forgotten that we were live because, you know, it's just so relaxed and, and calm with you guys here. It's just become second nature to us now. Um, I hope that it hasn't been too much of a, a jarring experience watching us or seeing our faces and seeing what really goes on behind the scenes and that we're not in some fancy studio every week and that we aren't <laughs> speaking quite as fluently as, as we tend to come across on Spotify. But nonetheless, I hope those of you who have listened have enjoyed it. Um, Dave, Elio, do you have anything to add on at the end before we to wrap things up? Any, any thoughts heading into the rest of the season? Any general musings on Spurs or uh, any other players? Keep it clean, Elio. For the umpteenth week running, bleep Joey Barton. <laughs> Dave, can you follow that? I'm not sure you echo those sentiments, but in addition. Well, I mean, I mean, yep. well, that's a bad man. Thank, yep. Thank, thank, let's move on from Joe Barton and let's and let's and let's, <sighs> and let's th- thank Dags for being a wonderful host for the last hundred episodes, and here's to another hundred. Yeah. I really enjoy it. I think it's a really good opportunity for us to, you know, uh, 
well, for you guys to vent and for me to, I don't know, jump on your anger and stamp it on the ground. I don't know. Uh, but as per the first episode, I did look at my notes. These are my notes. Uh, I do write notes. Although, although I remember when we were in Kennington Studios and uh, yeah, and and Andy, the the studio manager, came over to me and said, "I've just looked at your notes and it just said sad and <laughs> shit." <laughs> like, yeah, well, that's pretty that much the two words that were revolving around my mind that day. But there you go. But but yeah, as per the first episode, I think one of the first things I said on the entire podcast was, I'm still don't, not 100% sure what I'm doing here, <laughs> uh, but um, but I am enjoying it. So thank you for having me. I know, we're delighted to have you. Like Socks always says, you need to have an adult in the room. So uh, <laughs> you're the adult, Dave. And no, obviously echo what you just said to Dagus. But this is just really good fun. And if we've had more than three people watch today, I'll be extremely flattered. Just about. And I will hope to double it the next time we do this. But honestly, this is this is what we do every week. We, this is the we highlight of your week, Elio. It's great. This is, this is what you look forward to. It, uh, this and Spurs, but mainly this. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I mean, Spurs is just a vehicle to get to this, really. I think the thing is, even when we're rubbish, this is kind of fun. It can be. Football's a funny thing, isn't it? I, I, was, uh, I can't remember who it was, but someone recently said it to me, and I, I couldn't agree more. Football is the weirdest thing because you look forward to it the entire week, and then when it's happening, you cannot wait for it to be over. It's so weird. Like yeah. you, you, it happens, it's happening. And you're like, no, all oh, right, okay, we'll one nil up. End now, please. Stop, <laughs> stop the thing I've been waiting for all week, so that I can we can win the game. It's yeah, it's so weird, but we just love it. I mean, I love it so much. I'm talking about somebody else's team. I can't find it, but I'm yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find a quote that I included in my article about David Ginola. That it was something like Spurs in the '90s, and this applies to football in general, served as a, a poignant reminder to Spurs fans that the Latin word for passion is the same word as suffering, or something like that. It was some, something along those lines. That basically is like, yeah, football is just—it's painful but enjoyable at the same time, and um, they're kind of one and the same. We go hand in hand. Unlike recording this podcast, which is Agreed. always unadulterated joy and fun, and I love every minute of it, especially the Agreed. several hours that it takes to edit. <laughs> as the viewers are now realizing why it takes so long to edit because we go off in tangents. I think like, this might be one of the smoothest ones we've done. Actually, it's been all right. I think it's been okay. I, I, I feel like I've let everyone down. I promised a much a much bigger disaster than we've actually provided. It could have been a lot worse. We've had much worse and we've not even offended too many people. I think, you know, just Joey Barson and that's about it. And I think everyone can agree on that one anyway. So brilliant. Shall we? Uh, shall we wrap this up? Is that enough, guys? Well, look, thank you for your kind words. And, and thank you to everyone who's listening. And of course, everyone listening later on on the finished products on wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you particularly to those of you who have been around for all 100 episodes. I know there are some out there and uh, we have listeners all over the world, all over the UK. And um, it keeps us going to see the numbers rolling in on uh, on Podbean and our statistics to see that we're not just talking to ourselves. It's always nice to know that. Um, and I hope <laughs> that this can keep going for many more years many more episodes here's to another hundred we will be back for episode 101 in probably around a week's time where we'll be looking ahead to uh, what is coming up in the land of spurs but uh, until then stay classy spurs fans we will see you for the next one